and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus. You are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC. John Coleman. Yo, what's poppin'? Another day, another, another dollar. dollar. That's that's what you say when you forgot we had a podcast to record. I did forget. This was like a welcome surprise, though. So this morning I had a meeting with my real estate investment folks. They're bringing on a new team member. They wanted to go grab breakfast. They know how much I love breakfast. And I got to meet the new team guy. So uh, shout out to that dude. Yeah. Right? Uh, recent UCF grad. Aren't they all? Yep. Who he had, while in college, this dude had tried to become a real estate investor. He and his buddy were trying to take down properties, wholesale them. They figured out how hard it was. So he went ahead, finished his degree in legal studies, and now he has joined up with that team, and they're going to bring him on and let him work himself up from the bottom. As we all did. Yep, usually on the phone, crushing out 200, 300 calls a day in hopes that you have to do that for six or nine months, and then someone can see something in you, they can train you up, and eventually you get off the phones and you get out actually visiting properties, acquiring properties. Lies. You know, my, my first job out of college was I used to cold call. I was a cold caller. Yeah. Horrible at it. Horrible. Well, you were probably new at it. I just I stuttered through the script. I got someone on the phone. I got a decision maker, as I call it, on the phone, and I just flubbed it. And then how long until you finally quit? Shit. Month and a half. Okay. Well, how could you ever get good at anything, John? Bro, you know, ain't nobody sitting there cold calling JD buy riders in Arizona when I'm calling from the East Coast trying to call used car salesmen selling subprime leads. I promise you this, if you were able to stick it out for six months, Shit. you would have been 400% better. Had you stuck it out for 12 months, you would have been 1,000% better. And I would have went balder fucking 10 years earlier, too. Well, yeah, I'm not saying you would have enjoyed any <laughs> part of it. Right, there is no, all I'm saying is that in life in general, if you want to do something and do it well, you have to stick it out. Mm. Yeah, you got to stick it out. But a lot of times, we need to have a light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. So for this young, recent college grad, he understands that paying his dues is having to work the phones mm -hmm. for the next six months. He understands he can do anything for six months. Mm. He's not looking to work the phones for six or 12 or 18 years. That's some people's destiny, though. It is. You know what? To each his throne. If they are content doing And they it, like it. Yeah, that's all that matters. It pays the bills. You know what? That dovetails nicely into today's topic. But, you know, before we get that, I'm sure, Dio, you have some business or something. Or no, we can just talk about it today. Do you have any business to attend to? I mean, what do you mean by business? You want to, like, pimp out tloponline.com, Oh, no, not John? that. We're done with that. I'm talking about the next TLOP symposium we got coming up. You know what up. today is? First. Nikki and Mark's first day. Shout oh, out yeah. to Nikki Ray. Shout out to Mark Holmes, VP of Operations, VP of Sales, TLOP Entertainment, LLC. John, Holy shit. it's May 1st that we're recording this. Yeah. We're going big time, homie. I know. Yeah. And it's all about the fans. It's all, all, all about for the you guys community. and gals. It is. We built this community. Mm -hmm. They love what we do. We love them for loving what we do. And we ask them to continue to like us and share us mm -hmm. because we want to grow this audience from 25,000 to 100,000, 100,000 to a million. 500 billion. That's what we're going to do over the next two to five years with y'all's help and with your support. And something that we have done is we have created a storefront, which is tloponline.com. It soft opened beginning of last year. Mm -hmm. And you behind the scenes with the web dev team. Web dev. You guys have been going balls out, all Thanks in, time. late nights, <laughs> weekends, yes. trying to get the website out of its infancy 
into its like adolescent stage. Send that little bastard be- to middle school. Before we can get it launched into adulthood. Yeah. Oh. Adulthood should happen by January 1st of next That's year. That's sexy how you put yeah, that. Yeah, we, we should be into adolescence in the next two to three weeks. And adolescence to me is like, hey, this is going to be the one website mm-hmm. in the beginning for mortgage sales professionals to go to. Think like branch, branch manager, manager in, in a, a box. box. You've heard that before, John. <laughs> yes, you and I are everybody's financial friends with benefits. Friends with benefits. We teach them shit they don't teach in school, but they should. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start off with the mortgage loan originators. They can right now go to tloponline.com and have hundreds Plus of there. resources. Yep. Okay. In a short minute, they're going to be able to go to that same website, still have hundreds of resources, but now... Mm. All the CE they need every year. What is CE, Dustin? Continuing education, John. Thank you. They're going to get two monthly coaching calls. Whoa. Not one-on-one. These are group coaching calls, but it comes with the membership. Okay. As well as discounts to some of my favorite mortgage technology vendors out there. Me as a top producing LO or a top producing branch manager or even an area manager. These are the resources I believe loan originators need to be leaning into in order to become successful. And then obviously by becoming a member, you also join the online community, at which point you have each other. You now have a network of other T-loppers. So that's pretty exciting. I'll say that's the best, that's the most eloquent, poignant way you've described it thus far. So good job, I'm gonna record this. Well, you know why? Because I didn't quit after a month and a half, John. It's not quitting, I chose another opportunity. Okay, very good. But yes, I have been working on that pitch. Literally, probably I know. I, every time I ride days. in the car with you, I know. I hear it and you refine it. But that was the best one thus far. Well, but thank any, you. But anyway, yes, Dustin, we are improving the website because we care about y'all, the fans. As a matter of fact, that gave us the inspiration for today's episode. So without further ado, I'm going to read said email from one of our favorite T-loppers, Taryn. I'm going to butcher this. You're going to butcher Taryn's last name? No. Yeah, and I'm not going to even bother. Taryn asks, I see a lot of mortgage mortgage lenders put in their bio that they are in the top 1% of mortgage lenders. When I try to do my research, I cannot find what criteria makes someone able to say that they're in the top 1%. Do you know what, uh, do you know how this is calculated or what, um, whatever? How is this calculated? Wow, it sounds like you quit reading after a month and a half. I can't, it's font 12. Okay. We need to get you a bigger laptop. <laughs> or next time, maybe you write it down on the back of a business card, because that's Damn. what I do before I get on the show. Damn, yeah, I butchered this. So basically, how do you get into 1%? Okay, what is the Scotsman Guide, and what does it take in order to be considered a top 1%er? Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Okay, very cool. You know, if you go to some of our Learn, Earn, and Grow events, Ooh, John. Okay. Yeah, we teach people that's, what it takes mm-hmm. to be in the top 1%. In fact, at every Learn, Earn, and Grow it's a T-Lot production that we put on. At least one, if not two of the presenters have been or are currently Scotsman top one presenters. Got to learn from the best to be the and best. And we have one coming up in May Yep. in Jacksonville, Florida. It's going to be the best one yet. Yeah, yeah. We have our sponsors. It's a massive um, membership drive for the Mortgage Bankers Association of Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, Tom Reber with Cross Country Mortgage is, is helping support this event. Uh, We have two other sponsors that are helping support this event, and you are going to have this information on tloponline.com, correct? Yep, yep, yep. Go to the website. You can check it out. And if you are tuning into this on the day that it drops, which is going to be Friday, May 5th, Mm -hmm. that's when this episode drops, 
Please know that our buddy Steve Richmond on Monday, the 8th of May, he has a free webinar teaching professionals like us how to become better at public speaking. <clears throat> the information is on tlopponline.com. Hopefully Steve can teach me how to read too. Hopefully Steve can. Now on to Taryn's question. Yeah. All right, Taryn. So very simply put, it takes 100 units funded in one calendar year or 40 million in volume. Whichever comes first. Whichever comes first. Because look, there's people in markets like Youngstown, Ohio, where 100 units will not get you to 40 million. Right? And there's yeah. other people in markets like Manhattan Beach, California, Shoot. where 100 units mm. would get you something like 80 million. So, um, you know, look, and Manhattan Beach is probably a little bit easier to make the Scotsman Guide than it would be in Youngstown, Ohio. But that's why we do units, or they do units. I don't do this. I don't own Scotsman. I don't even know who Scotsman is. I was about to ask you. I just know that they are the industry standard. And I do know that your employer is who ends up submitting you. And then they do verify it, right? So someone from your home office has to actually sign off saying, mm -hmm. yes, this is legitimately his or her production. And um, you know, I'm sure they can utilize services like MMI and they can go ahead and pull production to see what all funded in, under your NMLS. Mm -hmm. But it's 40 million in production or 100 units, whichever comes first. Okay. In a year like last year, so last year was 2022, um, I think the top originator did somewhere around 900 million. His name is Shant. And he is out of the Boston, Massachusetts market. Is that like, he, he was 85% purchase and 15% refi. Now, that was down from over $2 billion yo, in 2021, what? where over 65% of his volume was refinance. But nonetheless, Shant is the who's who in the mortgage space. He is somebody that we will have on TLOP here in the next 12 months or so. Mm. I need to find a reason to get up to Boston, maybe to get you some new hats with that big B hats, on it. Hats, and we can visit Ben and Gabby. We oh. And we do a TLOP event up there. There and we go. And we podcast from Fenway in the dugout, just making it up. Wow. <laughs> How about from Fenway on home plate? There we go. I'll just, you know. Penske's pole. Let's go. Yeah. That would be phenomenal. Spoken into existence. Just going into Fenway is pretty cool. But the podcast at Fenway? I know a guy, not really. If, <laughs> hey, if you can know. find a guy. I don't know how many Yeah, I bet Shant. Look, if you're, if you're bringing down the ducats that Shant brings down, I bet he knows a guy or a girl or three. Or yeah, probably finance the whole team. Who have who have hookups. Is that, so Fenway. this guy, Shant, he's the number one like loan originator in the country? Yeah, I think in 2022, he got bounced out of his uh, seat by some dude who was like 85% refi. Okay, question for you. So, that, how big are their teams? Like, clearly, he's not the massive, one. Massive, massive. I don't know. But, I mean, I'm sure we could reach out to Justin and Amir, mm. who, who know Shant. Yeah. Uh, Justin and Amir of our Growth Only Coaching. Shout out Growth Only Coaching. But yeah, we, we could reach out. But nonetheless, um, those are the numbers. This is Taryn's episode. So yeah. let's maybe talk more about uh, what Taryn wanted to learn about. Yeah. Um, how about this? This was very interesting. I did a little research on this. Out of the top 100 uh, in 2022, how many do you think were mortgage brokers versus mortgage bankers? I would say uh, like 17 out of 100. 
Damn, John, are you serious? I just guessed the universe. It was yeah, fifteen sixteen. Damn, I told you 15, I have a 16. gift. Fifteen sixteen. Like I did a quick glance. Yeah. Right. So it's like fifteen or sixteen were actual mortgage brokers. Okay. The other eighty five of the top one hundred were mortgage bankers. Okay. Um. So just interesting insight. Hmm. Inter- not not a knock against my friends that are brokers. I have people that are brokers that have great careers, make great money, love doing what they do. Uh-huh. Right. Because. You, just because you do a lot of volume doesn't mean you're making a lot of money on that volume. Now, if you do enough volume, even at 50 basis points, like you do the math, 900 million at 50 basis points is still $4.5 million in W-2 earnings. Damn. Right? So, like, someone may be like, well, I do less, but I make more per transaction. Yeah, you can. Cool. Right? Some people may make 175 basis points netted out per transaction, and they may do a hundred million. And they're like, yeah, that's $1.75 million I earned in net commission. Maybe they ran their own broker shop. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone else, because of the size of their team, because they have to share the commissions with junior LOs and loan partners, et cetera, maybe at the end of the day, they're making 50, 60, 70 basis points. But again, 70 basis points on $400 million mm-hmm. in volume is still $2.8 million in W-2 earnings. Question for you. If I work, if I was a loan officer that works at a local bank or maybe Rocket or like a call center, is it difficult for me to enter the 1%? Are there a lot of one percenters that work at kind of those places? No, there's there's enough. It's evenly distributed. Okay. I think it's evenly distributed um, across the board. It's just, look, if you work in a call center and you're doing 100, 200, 300 units, and I'm comparing you to someone who doesn't work in a call center, that does half the units, y'all can hate on me all you want, but my higher level of being impressed goes towards a person who did half the units, but it was all self-sourced than the person who worked in a call center and they were just cranking out units mm-hmm. and volume, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. I'm not denying it wasn't hard work. I wasn't, I'm not denying that they're not the top of the top of their game and that's impressive, but Someone doing 100 units of self-source versus 200 units in consumer direct, I'm more impressed with 100 units of self-source than I am 200 units of. Um, But then again, people are like, well, of course, so-and-so did all that volume because look at her team. I'm like, look, guys and girls, she didn't have a team in the very beginning, right? And she didn't achieve that success because she built a team. More than likely, here's how it works. You achieve that success you're burning the candle at both ends. You're literally running your personal life into the ground. And you're like, I need to change, right? No pain, no gain. You sometimes need that pain before you make a change. And then they built a team to support it because they knew that it wasn't Mm -hmm. going to be everlasting. Something was going to have to give either their health, their personal relationships, or their business was going to have to take the back seat. They weren't willing to let their business take the back seat, but they were also of sound mind enough to understand that the personal relationships and their health are priorities number one and two. So what did they do? They built a team to support it, to bring their life back into balance. And then they learned, oh, wait a minute, if I can get good at managing a team and growing others, I can continue to level up, level Mm -hmm. up, level up. So that's what you end up finding as a common theme with any top producer. They came, they became a top producer without a team. And then they built a team and grew each time they built. Because the purpose of growing a team is every time I add a team member, I should be adding 
X amount of units. So if I added the team member, I'm adding five units. Those five units, two may pay for the team member, three pay me. Two pays a team member, three pay me. So if I'm going to add a team member and not add units, I have to ask myself, then why am I adding this team member? And maybe because I was out of whack, so I needed to just to get my personal life and my business life back in balance, at which point I raised my hand and said, I'm totally cool if I make 30 or 60 grand less this year. What I'm not cool with is my volume or units going down, and I'm not cool with not having my personal health, my mental yeah. health, in my my personal relationships taking the back seat mm -hmm. um but it's interesting to watch the common characteristics of people who are top producers who make this scotsman's guide because the one thing i can share with you and the entire audience it doesn't matter what their comp plan was who their manager was how much support or training they had or didn't have all of those people have one characteristic and it's the hold my beer characteristic it's a personality flaw if you have it <laughs> yeah. it's a flaw it's one of those flaws kind of like having a gifted brain is is deemed in the public education world as a learning disability right this is a flaw hmm. that's beneficial because they have zero quit their drive and their desire far exceeds anything else mm -hmm. it far exceeds their fear of public speaking it far exceeds their fear of picking up the phone and calling a stranger. And it far exceeds their annoyance of not having proper training, of not having a good manager, because they will go seek those resources on their own, whether it's by hiring a coach, whether it's by attending a conference, whether it's by taking the entire Fannie Mae guideline and home and reading it. They have solutions to every problem. Their solution is their hold my beer mm -hmm. mentality. And I think that's something if someone's like, well, how do I get in the Scotsman guide? How do I become a top one percenter? What do I need? Well, you need to produce a hundred units in a year or 40 million, but it's like, that's more of the what, what's the how? Mm -hmm. Well, the how is what do you do every day? Do you get up every day, put on your uniform and go to work? Are you predictable? We talk about this incessantly on this podcast, right? Business has patterns. I was just quoted. In a Forbes Ooh. article. How cool was that? A little humble brag moment, oh. right? So um, I'm on this Forbes council where I had to submit an application. I had to do an interview. They accepted me. And now I'm working with their team to produce and publish articles and also to be a source when they're writing their own articles. And I was sourced. And I, I don't even know what the article, article was. I think I posted on LinkedIn last week. But it was basically like five characteristics or five pieces of advice for business owners and entrepreneurs and you know, mine was in essence, it was follow the patterns. Now, there are patterns to success. What did he or she do that came before you? And do that, right? Don't go reinvent the wheel, literally do what they did. And normally it's get up every morning, it's put on your uniform and it's go to work. Go to work means eight, 10 hours a day of green activity, right? So green activity is things that make the phone ring. Well, what makes the phone ring in my world as a mortgage loan originator, or as a real estate agent, or as a real estate investor, or as a life insurance salesperson, if I was one, or as a financial advisor, if I was one, or selling commercial real estate at Jones Lang LaSalle, if I chose to do that, mm -hmm. right? What makes the phone ring is what I need to be doing, because when the phone rings, that's an opportunity for me to help someone who needs my product or service. And if I help enough people who inquire with my product or service, I'll end up closing them or selling them on my product or service. 
So when I'm working eight to 10 hours a week, half that time needs to be green time. It needs to be go time. It needs to be networking. It needs to be business development. It needs to be meeting. It needs to be marketing. It needs to be pitching, selling, advertising, something that spreads the word of my good. So my green service. time isn't me no, nose deep in files and structuring loans? Green time for you, John, Maybe down in the parking lot packing a bowl. <laughs> That's good. That was a layup. Yeah. Yeah. That good yeah. That's green time for you. <laughs> but no, green time for those of us that are uh, in, in some kind of a sales, marketing, um, self-promotion type industry or gig. Mm -hmm. No, it's meeting and talking to people who are going to run into others that need your product or service, possibly even, even them. Right? That's it. It is reaching out to referral sources, reaching out to past clients. It is adding value to their life while also making yourself available just in case they need your service. No, red time and yellow time is the things you just have to do, right? You have to structure a loan file. You have to get that submitted to processing. You have to attend your branch meeting. You have to attend your pipeline meeting. Like mm -hmm. there's certain things you have to attend that makes you a good professional. You have to take your continuing education courses, right? You just have to, but those things don't necessarily make the phone ring. They do the opposite. They prevent you from doing things that make the phone ring. So when I'm looking at the Scotsman guide and I'm looking at what does it take to be a one percenter, that's it. Now it also takes some talent. Like if you're not likable, our buddy, Tim Davis, who's been on the show talks about this. Like yeah. he wants, he has a signature story that he tells. He wants turned down a coaching student. Literally, the guy's like, no, 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 but I want to pay you money, Tim. No, nope, can't do it. Yeah, Tim, the guy's like, I'll, I'll pay double. And Tim's like, no. Nah. Yeah, like, <laughs> nope. And the guy's like, why? He's like, man, I got to be honest with you. People don't like you. I don't like you. Oh, shit. And I can't work with someone that I don't like. It's not fair. What do you mean? Yeah, and that's, that's a truth. I mean, dude, kudos to Tim. Yeah. I guess he's a big dude. Who, 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 who packs heat. So, you know, I guess he feels confident. Yeah. I don't I, like I, I you don't, get away from yeah, me. I don't know if I could have actually said it that way, I said but it, it, it is yeah. a truth. Yeah. Right. Like it is, it is the God's honest truth. And it's just like, yeah, I just, so you gotta be likable. And if you're not likable, you should know that you're not likable mm -hmm. and you either have to make yourself more likable or you need to go find a new industry. But then there's a certain amount of aptitude. Like, Hey, how smart are you? How good are you with math? How good are you with numbers? How good are you at problem solving? How resourceful are you? Can you read emails? Can you read emails? <laughs> I mean, that those are Literally, I'm serious, yeah. That, that, are you organized? Do you keep a calendar? Like, mm. come on, like keep a calendar. Your calendar is part of being boring. We teach you to be boring and predictable. So when it's time to perform, you don't have to be boring or predictable. That's your one time to be creative. That's your one time to push boundaries, throw shit against the wall to see what sticks. But we need to have some kind of consistency that is intertwined in our day. So the, the certain amount of aptitude mm -hmm. comes with becoming organized, right? You might not have been born organized, but you can learn yeah, you can how there. to become organized, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can be a nice person. You can, you can be thoughtful. And then you can also outwork. You can outwork. There are 24 hours in the day, eight of which need, you need to sleep. That brings you down to 16 hours. Let's say you took six of those 16 that were left after sleeping, and that was whatever time. That was time for family, time for friends, 
time to run errands, time to go to the gym, time to read, whatever the case may be, time to go to church if that's what you're into. Like you have six other hours. That leaves 10 a day, Monday through Friday, that you could legitimately work. 10. And maybe you don't want to work Friday 10 hours. Cool. Neither do I. Neither do I. But you know what I could do? I could work 10 hours Monday through Thursday. I could work seven hours on Friday. Now I'm at 47. And maybe I put in two or three over the weekend. Over the weekend. Look, I'm still doing my weekend stuff. I still got up this on Saturday. And I biked 50 miles, John. Shit. And after my 50-mile bike ride, at which point I pulled a Biden. Second time I've done this. Literally, <laughs> I was totally clipped in. Second time in my life, not second time in a day. Totally clipped in. And fell over. And just dumped the bike. Totally gouged my knee. Didn't let that stop me. I got back to the trailhead where my where my car was parked. Used some of the fresh water I had to clean off my wound. Because my training schedule called for me to run 20 minutes after my 50-mile bike You ride. didn't quit then? I would have called it a day. No, I had to finish what I set out to do. But then I, I was able to get home and get this. I got home. I'm like, why did I go down this rabbit hole? Because I got home, cleaned my bike, cleaned my truck, cleaned my body, made myself a massive <laughs> breakfast. I'm talking like <laughs> your breakfast. Oh, I love it. Like probably a 4,000-calorie breakfast because I burned 3,000 calories during my workout. Bob Evans. And then I sat there and I worked for two and a half hours. I wasn't stressed out. I was just getting some shit done that needed to get done. And then I still did date night with my wife. I still took my daughter driving because she's still learning how to drive. Like, so it sounds I, like still, mm -hmm. I still even cleaned the freaking pool. Like, I still did what I had to do, but I could squeeze in two or three hours. Meaning, those people who are making it in the Scotsman top 1%, that's kind of the stuff that they're into. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, and you brought this up a little bit, and we teased you about it, or I teased you. There's no we. I did this. But, like, the one sales gig you had where they had you mm -hmm. cold calling, and you're like, yeah, after six weeks, I bailed. <laughs> yeah. Look, the people at Scotsman, do you think they didn't want to want to bail? No. They all wanted to bail at some point. At some point, they wanted to bail. Me, it was about month 19. Mm. Month 19 into my mortgage career, I wanted to bail. Eject, eject. And I remember this guy, Steve Walsh. Shout out to Steve if he's still in the mortgage business. Um, most people who have been around for a while, not our not our fans because most of them are younger, mm -hmm. but Steve Walsh was like a who's who during the University of Miami heyday in the oh, 80s yeah, yeah. and the 90s. Played quarterback there. think he even made it on like a Wheaties box because he like made top three in the uh, <laughs> okay. Heisman or something. But anyhow, Steve hired me, hired me into the mortgage business, and he's the guy that told me, give me two years of your life, and I can guarantee you a successful career. If you can't give me two years, I can't guarantee you anything. So at month 19, I wanted to bail, but I remember, I'm like, I gave that man my word. Which, by the way, Steve wasn't even my manager after, like, my first three weeks of training because mm -hmm. I put in for a transfer. I found out my wife was pregnant, put in for a transfer from West Palm to move to Orlando because that's where our family lived. And Steve never managed me from, from that point on, but those words stuck with me. So I think people who make that Scotsman top 1%, they have a little bit of that too. They're dumb enough not to give up, right? They are willing to go one day longer, one month longer, a quarter longer, because they believe in what they're doing. They trust in what their mentors have told them, and they just keep on chipping away at it. It's kind of like the um, analogy 
Do you know how to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. But they're yes. endangered species, so please don't hurt the elephants, people. Please Stop don't. Yes. John, John Coleman's hierarchy of need to go plants first, animals, animals second. Animals and then mankind, at a, if that. No, aliens first. Yeah, aliens, then, well, they're the ones who put us here. Yes. I have a good bow on this question. So okay. say I bust my ass, I finally make it to the Scotsman Guide. Every time I hear Scotsman, I think of Turf Builder for my lawn, not necessarily a mortgage thing because it's Scots. But what is it like? What are the benefits of making the 1% besides just having in your email signature? Is that it? Honestly, John, I have no idea. I would love to have someone from Scotsman Guide reach out to us. Ooh, there you go. Right. And maybe they could educate us. Maybe they could um, do something with the podcast, partner up with us. We are looking for premium partners, Uh-oh. you know. Hey, what do you yeah, think? We do look for sponsors to come to uh, local markets and put on these half-day events like we're, we've done in Jacksonville, Tampa, and now in Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like, here's what I know. If I made the Scotsman Guide, I'm going to pay the $250 so that I can get a plaque to put it in my office. That's what I'm thinking it And is. then I can put it on my email signature. And then I can put it on my social media, at which point it's honestly just a marketing and promotion company that is <laughs> compiling the data right. to rank originators so that those in the top 1% who actually have discretionary funds to spend are willing to spend it just so they can say, I have been recognized right, yeah, as right. being the best of the best. Yeah, I don't know what else Scotsman does. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I should. And and if I'm a, if I'm a, if I am like in the top one percent, should people like if I'm a home if I'm looking for a home, should I always reach out to those people? Or I won't even pick up my phone call because they're so busy. Just because I'm in the Scotsman one percent, does that mean like I'm a really good LO? Are there shitty LOs that are in the one percent? Damn, that was a that was a good one. That's a great question, John. Damn, I, that was, I know it's I actually a loaded question. So I'm going to answer this very PC. Okay. Which, by the way. That last episode that we did, two or two episodes ago, mm-hmm. I tried to even keep that as PC. And I think I think after some feedback, we've we've done it. We've we've stayed PC. You yeah. and I are very much mm-hmm. middle, middle purple, of the road. Purple. Yeah, purple people. We are pur- purple people. Um I would say that if you're not in the one percent, it doesn't mean you're not great at your job. I think there are plenty of mortgage loan originators that are phenomenal at what they do. And they don't do it at that large of a scale. And I would say that there are definitely people who do things at a large scale and their client doesn't have the best experience and they don't maybe necessarily get the best advice, right? So I don't think that that correlation is one, meaning I don't think, oh, if you're in the top 1%, you have to be great at what you do. No, you're great at lead generating. Mm -hmm. You're great at converting leads into loans and you're great at operating a business in terms of the business is being ranked on how many units and how much volume. Mm-hmm. Now we have no idea what those P and L's look like. Ooh. They may have been doing a bunch of loans and running their mortgage company straight into the ground, mm. right? We know that we've talked about this on, on, on other episodes that you can do a bunch of loans, but if every loan is at a loss, that's a terrible business model, yeah. regardless of your units and volume. Right. So no, this is literally just an award. Right. It's an award that's like who hit the most home runs. Hmm. It doesn't say, oh, they also had the most strikeouts. They also had the worst batting average. They also played for the worst team. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we don't know any of that. We just know these people hit the most home runs. So to answer your question, it's a great question. And what a great way to like kind of 
put, put a, a capstone yeah, yeah, yeah. or a, a big bow on this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, although that's a great award and you want to strive for it, it's not the end all mm-hmm. be all. The end all be all is, are you recognized as being the best advisor and the best consultant? And do you give the best service? And then are you also running a profitable entity? Or are you originating loans at a loss? Because that's most important, right? We still want to celebrate the units and the volume. Because I promise you, there are people that are like, well, I, I only do three loans a month because I dedicate all that time to my clients. I'm like, uh, I think that's just an excuse for being average, quite honestly. Now, if you told me I only do 60 or 70 closings a year, and it's because I'd give you that. But I think doing three closings a year, if you're two years or, or three closings a month, if you're two years or less in the business, I'll cut you all the slack in the world because I know you're still growing. Hmm. If you're not doing three closings a month and you've been in this business for greater than two years, you've got to step up your game. Something is not clicking. You're either not putting in the work, you're not putting in the hours, you spend way too much time in red and yellow and not enough in green, there's something missing there. Um, so it's it's funny because you kind of opened up Pandora's box and I started going down a rabbit hole that would probably make a whole entire episode in itself. Mm-hmm. But I think it's a little bit of everything, right? Or to use Danielle Anderson, it depends. But no, do not assume just because you're on that list, you're great at what you do. You're great at lead generating. You're great at, at closing units. You're great at funding a lot of volume. Mm-hmm. And just because you're not on the list, don't feel like you're you're anything less as a professional because you may still very well be the best of the best, but also don't use that as your crutch. Don't use that as your excuse. Well, you're those people, mm-hmm. those people, they work for less basis points or those people, they don't give the service I give or those mm-hmm. people, no, 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 don't make excuses for your shortcomings. Yeah, don't, right? Just let's give credit where credit is due and we know that that's what they're great at. Mm. But just because they're doing that, it doesn't mean necessarily they're better in all aspects. They're just better at one or two aspects, which is lead generating and and funding of a lot of units. Mm. Does that work? You changed someone's life with this episode, I think. I don't think I changed someone's life, but what we did do is hook up one of our listeners who had a question. Shout out, Taryn. So shout out, Taryn. Thank you so much for the love. Y'all, please continue to tell a friend, yeah. tell a coworker, tell a neighbor tell a stranger. that this content exists. Mm-hmm. This is not just for mortgage professionals and their referral partners. It is not. It is for mortgage professionals, their referral partners, mm-hmm. their college-age students, uh-huh. any other salesperson, entrepreneur, or anyone looking to buy a house or anybody who currently owns a house but would like to become a little bit more financially literate. That's what we're doing, and we're trying to change lives one person at a time. And if we can't change your life, we can at least try to entertain you. Word. And if we're not educating you and we're not entertaining you, then turn us off. Keep your bad experience to yourself. (laughs) And let's hope everyone else who does enjoy us goes and tells five people. So, hey, follow us on on all of our social handles. That's LinkedIn. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That's TikTok. That's TikTok. Check out the website, tloponline.com or theloanofficerpodcast.com. Yep. Check out Steve Richmond's event. It's a webinar. It's free. It is on May the 8th. Mm-hmm. Come see us in Jacksonville on Tuesday, May the 
fifth. Is it fifth or sixth? It's a Tuesday. It's on the website, yeah. y'all. Um, totally looking forward to that event. And if you want us to come to to do a regional event, hey. look, all we need are sponsors. Sure. John and I and the rest of the TLOP faculty, we are not charging for us to speak. All we need your help with is getting us there and then finding the venue mm-hmm. and then paying for the the guests to have some kind of sustenance. Yeah, some snacks. Some kind of like <laughs> breakfasty food and yeah. coffee and, and juice and stuff. But we'll come in. We'll bring the noise. We'll even bring... Some of the TLOP community will come. Yeah, they travel well. They travel well. Y'all travel well. <laughs> yeah, for and real. we thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Charlie. Yeah. Right? Charlie lives in Melbourne, Florida. Charlie has driven to Orlando to see us, mm-hmm. and he's driven literally down to West Palm to see us. And each time he brings a friend. Hey, that's the best one. You so literally, Charlie's like, hey, I'll see you in Jacksonville. I'm like, Charlie, you have seen this presentation <laughs> twice it now. It doesn't matter. I love it every time, and I hey. get something new each and every time. And honestly, we love having people like Charlie in there because he is he is a, a, a good producer. He's oh, on yeah. the cusp with being a Scotsman guide himself. Mm-hmm. And he's like, look, I enjoy it. He likes the networking. He likes meeting all the other mortgage professionals. And he's like, although it's the same presentation, they're different questions. Mm-hmm. Or it's the same presentation, but I was in a different mindset yep. that day. So that particular topic resonated, resonated a lot yeah, better yeah, yeah. yeah so anyhow hey he's john coleman i'm dustin owen that is all the time we have for you today we appreciate you tuning, tuning in, in and we'll catch you on the next episode Peace. bye